You're listening to an L.A. Kings podcast. For more episodes of this and every other Kings program, visit LAKings.com slash podcast. Calliot stood up on entry by Perbix, played across to Clark, and a late pass. They score! Blake Lazat. You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the L.A. Kings. Kempe with a takeaway neutral ice, moves in, scores! Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. I'm Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. Haven't done one of these in a while. Felt good. Big win. Wanted to give you guys something to listen to, so I rounded up a bunch of hoodlums hanging around the Chicker and Press Room at Crypto.com Arena and I asked them what they thought. Hope you enjoy it. What a win. Big win. All right, we are here in the bowels of Crypto.com Arena as John Hoven laughs at me. Uh, we're recording immediately following the LA Kings 4-2 victory over the LA Kings. Joining me, John Hoven, the mayor. How are you doing today, John? I'm doing outstanding. Now, Jesse, you told us not to say anything stupid right before you hit record. Yes, I, did, yeah. I thought that's why we were here. So well, that's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> well, what I usually say, a little glimpse behind the curtain, is I usually tell people right before I hit the record button, don't anybody say anything to get fired. But I'm the only one here who can get fired, <laughs> get fired. based on what exactly. we say here. So don't say anything stupid. Dennis Bernstein from the fourth period. How are you doing today, Dennis? I'm doing great, Jess. Great to be with you again. And all the way from the frigid climbs of uh, the north of America's hat, Dave Pagnota. How are you doing, Dave? I'm good. Warm. Also from the fourth period, though. I'm, I'm warm. It's perfect. It's yeah, that's game. right. It is. Uh, all right. So, Kings win. First home win. First multi-goal victory of the season. John, any takeaways from... Let's start with Todd's post-game before we get into the game. Any takeaways from what Todd had to say about it? Well, it was interesting, right? The question uh, that I asked Todd was, what was the most impressive thing that, you know, that he took from the victory? And he went right to the PK. Uh, where I think a lot of the other answers were about the identity of the team. And, mm-hmm. You know, we've talked a lot over the last, what, eight, nine games that this identity is it's a question mark what the identity of the team was. So it was nice to see the PK. Um, but for me also hearing him talk, you know, in a really positive way about uh, Gabe Velarde and Brent Clark, that's probably my, my most impressive takeaways from what he uh, had to say because he continues to wax on poetically about his affection for those players right now. I was going to steal the opportunity for you to talk about Grant Clark and give it to Dennis, but instead I'm going to be mean and make Dennis wax poetic about Gabe Velarde. What a what a game by Velarde, Dennis. He's, he's a man possessed. Yeah. There's no question. He thinks he's Nathan McKinnon out there with some of those moves. He's been fantastic. He's been great. He's been – and now he moved up to the second line, and John's talked about that on Kings of the Podcast about uh, eventually is he going to be the second line right wing? Would you drop Victor Robertson down? Sure, there's chemistry, but this guy has been crazy good the entire season. I'm not familiar with the program you referenced, but I'm assuming yeah, it's, okay. it's very good. It's, fine. <laughs> Listen, this it's morning, right next to yours on the app, okay, by the way. But the award-winning uh, app. But go ahead. Can, can, uh, I, can I build off of that? Yeah, sure, of course, I think yeah, there yeah. was something important that Velarde said. I don't know if – I think, Dave, you were I in the scrum when he said it, but – Somebody had asked uh, Velarde the que- you know, the, the question. The setup was, oh, you know, look, you really beat a, a great Tampa Bay team. And he stopped them dead in his tracks, and he's like, we're a pretty damn good team too. So, yeah. uh, you know, that mindset that mm-hmm. he wanted to make sure that everybody there heard. And, and uh, Dave, give me your opinion because, to me, it came across very sincere. It didn't come across in a cliche way. Yeah. It was very sincere what he said. Genuine confidence. Yes. And, and you're seeing it in his play as well, and and – which is impressive to see, especially what seven games, eight games into the regular season, that he's not only able to back it up by just speaking it, he's been doing it on the ice and vice versa. So the fact that he's out there saying, yeah, we're, we're a good team because we believe we're a good team. We know we're a good team. And that confidence isn't just from the guy talking about it. It's, it's within the room. 
Um, that that's an impressive thing to see this early on in the season from a young guy like him, who's obviously had some battles and trying to be a regular on this club. Um, but this is this is a good sign that we're seeing out of Gabe Filardi in not only what he's doing on the ice, but he's backing it off the ice in a confident manner. This morning, Tom McClellan talked to us about Victor Arvidsson, Deneau, and Trevor Moore. And he talked, I think the phrase he used, Dennis, correct me if I'm wrong, was that they share a brain. I can't remember yeah. if that was yesterday yep. or today. Mm-hmm. Um, tonight, it felt like Villardi had was tied into that brainwave. And it honestly, to me, it mm-hmm. felt like the entire team was. Like, I don't think I've seen that many passes where it's not really a pass it's just a move around a guy to open space and the other guy steps into it and picks yeah. it up like there was the whole well, team was in sync in a way that i haven't seen this season you know i put it to todd after the game i'm like okay that that was last year's team right. he goes no this is this year. no that's the way they played last year they limited chances they got some saves they won the they won the special teams battle and they wound up winning the game against an excellent team so it, it, it that was what we saw last season I think in a nutshell. But he circled back to that comment, though, also yeah. later in the presser when he said, okay, well, now we're getting back closer to last year's identity. So while he shut you down in the <laughs> yeah, beginning, he did circle back to the idea I'm, that he's good at that. This yeah. is a team that is getting closer to the identity of last yeah. year. And it took a little bit of time. Like that first period. In the presser or in the game? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or both. 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 Uh, but, but in the game, it took, it took them a little bit of time to kind of get there. I, I think on both sides, they were kind of, the feeling out process lasted a little bit longer than I thought it was going to in this game. And it took the Kings probably that good first 20 minutes going into that second to say, okay, guys, we can, we can roll with these, yeah. with these guys. We've got the talent to do it, so let's step it up a notch. And it looked like once the second period got underway, they started to do that, and we saw a little bit more, like you were talking about, the crisp passes that weren't necessarily passes but kind of were. They were like set plays that were designed to work well with the group that this team has. Yeah, and they, I think Tampa was way more dangerous in the first period yep. than in the final two. I, I, maybe, I don't know why it was, but the Kings really locked down. But they were really dangerous. You saw Point make great passes, Kucherov some blind passes. Didn't see that in the second and third period, Jess. The, the, what was the word? I'm curious. Yeah. What was the word you were going to use? Because you said this team or something, and you, you paused for a second. What word were you going to use to describe the lightning? Or, or we're not allowed to say it because of Jesse's rule, don't say anything dumb. Or what was the rule? Stupid, I think. Don't, don't stupid. say anything stupid. <laughs> I, you can say I'm whatever you want. I, completely, I forgot. forgot? Yeah, okay. I totally right. forgot. Yeah. So I'll just, yeah. Uh, <laughs> But listen, Dave. So I don't, you know, I know you're not like a died in the wool king, and you're not living and breathing with this team for whatever forty years, like John and I. Um, but any Kings fan watching this game had to be thinking about that Washington game. Yep. And so to have the third period be arguably the strongest period of that game, <laughs> the fans, I think the players were thinking about it too because it came up a few times. Sure, in but, the in the room. After but I mean, the game. I but you know, I saw people. I didn't talk to the guys in the second intermission, but I saw people on Twitter saying, "I'm worried about the third period." Right. And, oh, did you? Okay. And that third period was the strongest period of the game by the LA Kings, and and you know, leave no doubt, right? Like mm-hmm. that was it. But wasn't that Dave's point though too? Is that yeah, in the they, first period yeah. it was like a yeah, let, no, that's let's, what I'm let's sort yeah. of wade ourselves into the game and then. In, you know, second period score, and then third period was like, okay, buckle down. Well, it was it was a combination of that, plus still continue to apply pressure, mm-hmm. which sometimes certain teams, in, like Washington, when you get that game, um, you, you, you take your foot off the gas a little bit, and you don't apply as much pressure, and you, you think you're trying to get comfortable and getting better by playing more sound defensively, but... The other team's got the puck a lot, so you're not you're not winning the puck possession battles. You're giving them more of an opportunity. Whereas in this period, in the third period, in this game, 
they were creating more opportunities. They were continuing to go on the attack. They weren't just sitting back and saying, okay, we'll just help Quickie out here and, and hope for the best. So they were being more aggressive, and, and it, I mean, it paid off. And I think the turning point, I think, it, the five-on-three penalty kill, yeah. right? Yeah. And they're not yeah. good penalty, right? Bite, field takes a spatial violation. Uh, Jersey Holzman, uh, Mestikoff at the blue line. Uh, but And if they go they in 3-2 two two after 2, it's a different game. Yeah. But they stayed them off, and I think that was the whole turning point to me for the game. Somebody needs to look up that stat. At one point, it used to be something ridiculous. I don't remember, 86, 84% or something. The team that kills off a five-on-three penalty kill. Mm-hmm. Wins the game. Yeah, wins the yeah. game. Some ridiculous number. I, Jesse, do you know what the updated I'll, stat I'll on that is? My head, I don't. But at the nearing the, I don't know, maybe eight minutes left um, of the third period, I turned to Dooley, Zach Dooley, and said, if this holds up, and I think at the time the Kings were leading in shots 31-20, to 20, and yeah. it was 3-1, to right. you know. Mm-hmm. And I said, if this holds up, is this the perfect identity game for the LA Kings? Final numbers, LA Kings shots on goal 33, Lightning 25. I haven't looked at the fancy stats, so whatever. Kings faceoffs 54.9, power plays 1 for 4, penalty kill 4 for 4. Hits led 28 to 16, blocks 22 to 20. Like, Well, that 28 to 16 could speak also to Dennis's point from earlier, how t- you know, maybe the physicality of it you know, was taking its toll. Uh, I mean, it wasn't a physical game by the old school definition. We were talking Craig yeah. Muni uh, during the intermission earlier today. Uh, not not by the '90s standards of sure. the Smite Division, but you know, when you're out hitting the other team, it does take a toll. But Zach and I were talking about this earlier today, John. I'd be curious about your take on it. We were talking about the line of Grundstrom, Lemieux, and Lazat, and I was saying you could ask a hundred people for their definition of toughness, and you might find a hundred different answers that refer to anything that you could apply to one of those three guys. But I would never compare the three of them to each other. They each have their own different version of toughness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you, right? Uh, Lemieux's toughness is, I would say, the more traditional right. uh, definition of toughness. Lazat's toughness is his, his will to win every battle and to never give up. And just that engine and that motor and, and just, it's unbelievable, really. And, you know? and the ability to take abuse, uh, it, which is yeah, a, its I mean, own just, kind of toughness. Yeah. Right? Oh, absolutely. Like, <laughs> I mean, you, but you think back to when he first broke into the league and you go, Okay, there's no way this guy's going to be able to continue to do this. I get it. You know, he, he was undrafted and, you know, all that stuff. And so he has a chip on his shoulder and it's going to last a year or two. It's like, no, it's not. This dude just keeps going like a little Energizer bunny, you know? And, and yeah, Grunstrom or, or Grunny, which I, I just, I have to talk to Todd. I, I don't like that nickname. No, it doesn't work, does work for me. <laughs> no. Grunny. Uh, Tonka's fine. Uh, you know, you can come up with a lot of different nicknames, but Grunny doesn't work. Anyway, um, you know, 91, I think. He's he's like a Thomas Sandstrom light, you know. He's uh, all right. Calm down. He, no, he is <laughs> Dustin Brown light, but Dustin. Yeah, well, yeah, he so was he was he was Dustin Brown light. Yeah, that's there's no doubt about it. And even Brownie said that too. Yeah. So, yeah, validation for that comment. Uh, and it's like twenty three uh, agrees. Before I'm gonna are you a member of the tribe? I know Dennis is. Of, of the, no, no, he's Penyota? not. Right. No. Grunny sounds to me like some random like nickname for a grandmother that one of my cousins would have tossed yes, out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, I cut you off. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, look, I, I was love just the look on Dave's. Yeah, face. I don't know what that the tribe like. Here. A Mike Cleveland Indians fan? No, yeah, not that like, tribe. What are you no, no, about? different That's, tribe. No, yeah. um, anyway, so that fourth line. Yeah. Um, you know, I look back. I, I look around the league to find over the last few seasons some of the top fourth lines that have succeeded for teams that are contenders mm-hmm. and I look at the New York Islanders in the two years that they went back to back to the Eastern Conference final that fourth line that they have with yeah. Casey Sezikis Matt yeah. Martin and Cal Clutterbuck they they have different their similarities in their game but they all brought a different element Marty is more of the Lemieux type right Lazat was more of or is more of the Sezikis type mm-hmm. and then Grunstrom 
kind of the clutterbuck minus yeah, the, the dropping that. in the midst a little. He's, he does it a little more. Um, but they were able to bring each of their, their skill set, and it clicked and it worked, and it helped shut down the opposition. And if they needed to create some offensive opportunities, they were there. They didn't need to be, mm-hmm. but they were able to do that. That's what I've noticed with this line. Uh, and I've caught a few games this season. This was the first one in person. But um, to see them kind of working pretty well off each yeah, other yeah, no. is – Keep them together. It, it's, yeah, yeah it's, and it's a good sign. And if you're a contending team, to have this type of a fourth line rolling, is it, that's a key. That's a key element for a lot of the, the teams that are out there. And that's there. what Todd said. Todd said the two lines working right now. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no line because, lately and the, the Lazat line. And the well, other one fancy stat is the one thing you know that they're playing better defense – Tampa only had three odd man rushes the entire game, and for well, a team that skilled, yeah. only have three man odd rushes, they were able to slow them down, and they won the game pretty convincingly. As aggressive as the Kings were tonight, especially in the last forty, it was just a, it was a really responsible yeah it was performance responsible. by this team. Grunstrom is sneaky physical. I think that yeah. was your yeah, sure. you were, yeah, yeah. definition you were looking or talking about earlier. Uh-huh. He's like sneaky physical, right? Yeah. And so he, he doesn't punch people in the face or drop the mitts like you right. said. But if you really right. just hone in and focus and watch him, he's sneaky physical. So I'm going to use that fourth line to transition into talking about Brant Clark. I'm going to do it like this. Watch this. At one point during the second period, I ran over to Dooley to make a point that Jack Jablonski had apparently just made before me, which is that. Happy is bro- this like happy the new birthday, thing back Jack. in the day where it was, I yep. talked to my dad yep, today? Yep, but exactly. Now, now it's, <laughs> I don't clear my throat when I talk to okay, him. Okay, so about just Jeff, working so. Zach Dooley yeah, exactly. as many times as you can. Um, I got listen, it. You know, he's the insider. Um, but hey, He gave me a piece of gum tonight, which I'm very go. much appreciative of. If anybody ever sees Zach Dooley, he's got gum. Yeah. Uh, okay, good to know. But, uh, no, I... I noticed there was a play, I think it was in the second period, where Lemieux had the puck and Brant Clark jumped into the play. And Lemieux didn't seem to mind, be surprised by it, or care at all. And I started noticing, and I was like, that's the line that Brant Clark seems the most comfortable with. And I think it's because those three guys are the guys that that are just going straight to the net every time and don't care if one of the defensemen joins the rush and are perfectly happy to have all systems go north-south game. Could could be a little bit more also just in the sense of, the intimidation factor, right? Mm-hmm. When you're a 19 year old kid and, yep. and you you see Drew Doughty or you see Kopitar, right. or you see you defer, right? And that was the problem with Kempe for a long time. He deferred and he didn't play his he game. Didn't defer tonight. And 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 you see that Gabe Velarde. I think you I think you saw that in some of his game earlier too. When you're younger, you defer, and uh, it's also the reason why I like the kid line because they don't defer when you have Velarde, Byfield, and Calio playing together. They don't. There's, there's nobody no to, one def- to defer to. There's no one to defer to. Exactly. Right. <laughs> but so, I mean that pass from. From now, Kaliev hit Clark with the pass before mm-hmm. he sent it to Lazar. Yeah, Kaliev did all the work there along the boards too. Let's, sure, let's... but Clark let him know he was there. Oh, I mean, well. like very vocal. That's a that's <laughs> that's a ten game in the NHL pass, right? Yeah. Like that's that, that yeah. That it's I mean, a good and... bet he's getting to game ten. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask Todd that, but then he got asked him kind of he kind of suggested that. Uh, what, what I I, Guys. I tweeted it. Whatever the word, uh, I would be surprised. <laughs> well, if he's not. not playing twenty minutes a night, though. He's still only playing, I think, ten ten and change. But Let's be very right. clear. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Brant Clark is going to be here all year long. Yes. Yeah. Like, yes. We don't I need to, the opinions okay. expressed on this podcast are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect <laughs> those. LA Kings. I'm going on record. If that makes you feel any better, Jesse, I am going on record. It won't make him feel any better. You can't get fired, but I can. So, so I will say it. Brant Clark will be here all year. We don't need to spend time talking about it unless you guys want to. Well, Todd. Todd said he he he. He said that they're putting him out in every situation, which isn't exactly true because he's not getting and, a lot of power play time. And but the fact that they're that they're putting him out in a variety of different situations, and then he followed that up by saying we we believe in him. I mean that that's telling right there as to how they view this player and how they how they view the potential of this player moving forward this season. 
providing management and all that, they make the decision and whatnot. I, I agree. I think he should definitely be there. He but, will be here. You know what my favorite comment, though, was about Brent Clark? <laughs> the only thing Brent Clark needs to worry about is practice tomorrow. Yeah. Right. That was an yeah. epic quote. I love that quote. Don't think too far. Don't think too far ahead. Um, but he he was good. And he was uh, post-game. He was getting into a lot of cliches in his responses. Then he tried to kind of reel those in and be a little bit more real. Um, but he, he's, he's looking. They get a lot of coaching at nineteen nowadays, right? They do. It's not, you know. They do. They, they're classes. Oh, yeah, they, for sure. The guys Absolutely. go through classes for of this course. kind of stuff. Um, but he he looks he looks like he belongs. His ice time DB, I think it'll it'll increase. It'll definitely increase as the season. He doesn't look overwhelmed in the moment. No. And I've said that about the other defensemen yep. that have come up, Spence and Anderson. Mm-hmm. They never look like they were. There was a stretch of games where wow, this guy it just needs to go back and he's not ready. That's part of that's what development does. The impressive thing guys are ready when they step on the ice. It's their time. The most impressive thing out of that goal sequence that for Lazat was when not not just the fact that Clark called for the puck because he was wide open, um, but he was looking right at the goalie and it was almost a fake like a fake out pass 100%. to Lazat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to do that in Game Seven in the National Hockey League. I mean, that takes a ton of confidence. We talked about confidence before. Like, that takes a ton of confidence to be able to execute that as well as he did. That was really, really impressive to me. It reminded me of the pass that he set up Fiala in the preseason, right, where he got – I don't remember who sent – maybe even Fiala sent him the first. But, no, it was – I don't even remember. It doesn't matter. The point is he receives a pass in the offensive zone and then makes a move. And the only word I have for it is audacious. So audacious where you just go like – there are 15-year veterans that wouldn't mm-hmm. think to do that, much less do it. Right, and he did it like That's untying a, his shoe like, with and the accuracy that he yeah. had on it, and and every. I mean, they, he was what five, six inches away from the opposite. The, I don't know who the defender was, but his stick or his skate, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. he just it was crisp, it was clear, it was beautiful, and I mean that alone would be enough for me to say. You know, you know what I find the most interesting about Clark, and I I can't think of another player offhand that. That had this as he has had this as a young player, he he has a ton of confidence, but also a ton of curiosity. And most of the time, you see with the young player that they're you know you'll hear student of the game and all, all these sorts of different words, and they're learning and they're observing and they're asking a lot of questions. Those guys typically are are, are a little bit um, reserved, right? And and or you have this abundance of confidence where you're like like a Trevor Zegris, right? Like, what the hell are you doing, right? It's the confidence you have is off the charts. Clark has both, and I just don't recall a, a young player coming through the, the system as a prospect having both in abundance the way that Clark does. I'm very interested by that uh, that duality, if you will. It, it really hurts me to admit that that's an excellent point, and I'm jealous that you made it. But it's a really excellent point, and I'm jealous that you made it. Um, it's my goal. He, he, he's really coachable. Yeah. I was up in San Jose. I sat in the first row behind the bench in the preseason game. This kid was like – Staring at the coach when they were ever break and they were coaching him, wasn't distracted, wasn't looking around. Hey, this is my first preseason game in the NHL, whatever. Like he was just laser focused on what either Yoni or Todd was telling him. And I said, okay, this this guy wants to make it, and he's he's willing to be a sponge and learn from NHL coaches. So to That's me, that the was really impressive, right there. Yeah, he's absolutely well, curious. What was the quote Todd had? He exudes confidence but not arrogance. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And and that's the perfect flip side of that statement john is yeah. is that he's curious and i'm sorry mm-hmm. to bring up ted lasso but it reminds me of the scene where he brings up the walt whitman quote which may not be a walt whitman quote be curious <laughs> not judgmental right brand clark curious is the per- you know i asked him today like did you know what you were going to do with lasagna he said absolutely not yeah. right, <laughs> right. <laughs> but he called but he was demanding the pass from cali I have no idea what he's going to do right. with it 
No. But, but confidence in his own ability. There's a chance to, to be special yeah. without question. Nah, it's a lot of fun. All right, let's talk about goaltending because I know you love to talk about goaltending. Okay. I The second goal against was my fault, and I'm sorry. Because I have this thing, Dave. You might not know about this, but I have this uh, thing. You where to, hold I on. Am. He's got you rules bring that too. Up in the press conference, and I, you should have apologized <laughs> to Todd. Todd, I'm sorry. I apologize on Twitter, but I didn't explain it. I'm explaining it here. So I have this thing where if a, if a game goes and a, and the goalie only lets in one goal, right? But it's a stupid goal, and it shouldn't count. You that. Like, oops! I, now I got to bleep that out. Well, you're gonna uh, get fired. <laughs> I might. Uh, fortunately, I'm the one editing it. So. He's editing. It's not live. But but that's streaming live. Then I go like, all right, that's, whatever. That's a shutout. Yeah, right. Right. Like stuff happens. Yeah. Who cares? That goal that Quick had given up where it bounced, you know, he poke checked poke or whatever. Check. Right. So with about three minutes left, I get my phone out and I put into my Twitter drafts. That's a bona fide certified one goal shutout for Jonathan Quick. Save draft. Two seconds later, Boom. goal oh, number bounce. two happens. So that one's my fault, everybody. I apologize. But wait a minute. That's not a bo- – is it because he – I'm not going to fight with you about check? this, Dennis. It was a, it was a one goal shutout. <laughs> I, I'm the arbiter. I decide. I already decided. <laughs> it wasn't a bad play by somebody <laughs> like else. When Daryl used to tell us that it was a 3-1 game, even yeah. though the score was 3-2. Yeah. Okay. You know, okay. It's like, oh, it's a garbage goal. Right. Yeah. It's your okay, rules. Still it's your Twitter yeah. account. I get it. If they had won this game four to one, yeah. and the only goal against was that stupid goal, it might as well be a shutout. That's that's the tweet. That's what's important. Yeah, it's a bona fide shutout. Certified, no, yeah. one goal shutout. Listen, it was like my that. fault for putting it's it into good, my. I like it's that. Totally your fault. It's my you, fault. I, I, I'm disappointed that you did not apologize. Don't to put Todd. that stuff in your draft. No, no, no. I'll do it tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, Practice yeah. tomorrow. It won't be the draft. same. No, exactly. <laughs> because it's televised post game, and the practice is like you know, fair. it's practice. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't believe in this, but the Twitter account it was three to zero, who was no longer run by the same person back in 2014 when they were up three to zero, had some tweet in their drafts about beating the Kings four to nothing and oh, really? after every game would put it on Twitter like I'm so sorry this is my fault and then when it finally <laughs> flipped it was, that's then that's when they turned their account name to, I can't remember what it used to be it was like fear yeah. the fin or something and after that they okay. had to change it to it. so anyway now I believe in the jinx of goalies let's talk yes, about goalies, about goalies. <laughs> you're the one who's always saying they need to be better they were better they were better uh, John was better tonight All it's right. okay it, it's fine it's, I said he made some saves he made some big saves on the penalty kill and there weren't that many opportunities. Now, right? I'm not I trying to be a naysayer, but let me ask you. Yeah. There was only, what, 24 shots on goal something or something? Like that. It was really in the low 20s. Was, was Quickie better tonight, or was the defense better, or was it both? I think it was both. I think they had some dangerous chances that he stopped. The five on three, he made some saves. So I, I think that it was a combination of both. I don't think this was some shutdown game by L. I mean, they had 25 no, shots on goal. Not. It wasn't a shutdown game. They were dangerous. But... But that that aggressive. But you need a, you need you need to save it three to one to keep it three to one, not mm-hmm. three to two. And then you're thinking, oh, okay, we bet we. Then you start thinking about the third period in Washington. So I think it's a combination. Of that's both. where I think the stats are misleading. I actually agree with you, but that's where I think stats can be misleading. You look at it, and go, oh, you know, it was only 24 shots on goal. Okay, but they were mm. there were some dangerous chances. So mm. no, I'm agreeing with you. I'm not being, disagreeing. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I I know what you're saying. Yeah, it, it was a competitive. I mean, game. don't worry, we'll find other stuff to argue about. But <laughs> every day, <laughs> the the aggressiveness that. I was talking about earlier applies in, in to the defensive aspect of the game in this situation, because if you're trying to be a little bit more aggressive it, with the puck, um, you're indirectly bailing out your goaltender in that sense. So you're trying to create more offense. You're trying to create. You're trying to be more aggressive with the puck, and and eventually create more opportunities for yourself. But you're trying to at the same time apply that pressure against tonight Tampa Bay to try to see if they're going to make any mistakes. That could lead to some opportunities offensive free, which is basically what they did. That's what they did in the third, because the the danger was, okay, 
We played a really crappy third period in Washington. Now we're up 3-1 going to the third. We're going to do the 1-3-1, sit back, try to protect the lead. And they didn't. And that's what mm-hmm. led to the fourth goal. Kepi should have had a goal 30 seconds prior to. Right, got yep. robbed and came back, back down, 2-1-1, finished the game, and that was over. What was, a goal. That was a hell of a shot. Yeah, unbelievable. Holy cow. Unbelievable. Yep. Uh, there was a play in the, I want to say the second period, where I think Mikey Anderson was crashing the net, not with the puck, but was, you know, crashing the net, yeah. to, you know, and I sort of looked up and was like, that's, is that Mikey Anderson by the goal line? <laughs> like, what's going on here? But there was so much conversation over the last couple of days about them keeping the high goal scoring, but yeah. tightening up the defense, right? And yeah. can they do one without sacrificing the other? Felt like they did tonight. Apologies for all of the machine noise you might be hearing for those listening right now. No, without question. The game was 4-1 to one until that last goal. So I think they had the combination. They have enough skill to do it. They have a goal score on, well, on the first three lines. They have a goal score on every line. It shouldn't be 3-2-2-1 two, two, games. Mm-hmm. They should win games by multiple. If they're playing defense the way they play tonight, they get some saves from the goaltender. They should win some games by multiple goals. It shouldn't be life and death. It shouldn't be a plus three goal differential. They shouldn't be okay. And that was the thing. They were always in games last year, but they never separated in games. That's why the games were so close, and that's why it was a plus three goal differential. I, I, I think that you have to take more risks in this league because everybody else is doing it. I don't know about what you think. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Separation should – I mean, it could be the theme of the year this year, right? You want separation because that plus three goal differential last year just stares at you, and it, it's not something that you can replicate and, can, and expect to have playoff success. You, right. need, you need to have more offense, you know, more separation, and that's why you go out and get a Kevin Fiala. But I think to your point, Dave, that you have to be careful because mm-hmm. you have to continue to evolve your identity not go through a complete change. So if you're going to be aggressive defensively, what does that do to your offense and your offensive opportunities and understand that? Because, again, you can't change your identity. You still need to be responsible, which, yeah. is, what they, which is what they did as the, game, well, in, in, as the game progressed. They were able to still create and still be responsible in their own end. They didn't uh, sacrifice one for, for the other. Plus, it was exciting. Like this was the, the, the last 40 minutes of this game was a really exciting hockey game. And that adds to the element for the fan base to be able to watch, and it makes it easier for us too to watch a game that's a little bit more entertaining. Um, but again, and that, against the weaker goaltender, it's probably six one because Vassy made some big yeah, saves. Yeah, he made some, yeah, some great. He made saves. some really good saves mm-hmm. on these guys, and the pucks bounced up. But they were aggressive when they had to be, and I, I just like the. That's their most complete game in the, oh, of the season without yeah, question for sure. And Jesse, can we give some credit to the Kings fans also? Because yeah. I, I mean, if I'm being honest. I was a little nervous coming to the game tonight, right? It wasn't the greatest end to the road trip. Mm-hmm. It's a Tuesday night game going up against a powerhouse Tampa Bay Lightning team. And Tampa is not a team that draws well. So sometimes you can be a powerhouse team. And when you come, yeah. your fans fill the building. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. The Tampa bands, the Tampa fans don't travel. They don't no. fill this building. At least they haven't over the last 10 years, even while their team has been very good. They're not one of those teams that packs the building. I'll be honest, I was concerned coming to the building tonight going, hmm, how full is the building going to be? And this building was full, and yeah. even late first period, it was a late-arriving crowd. People were still coming into the building, and it was pretty damn loud at times. So I, I give full credit to the Kings fans. I appreciate you pandering them for me. Uh, yes, uh, that's good nice. job. So we're going <laughs> we're, we're gonna to do uh, play of the game, player of the game. We'll start with you, John. Dave, you'll catch on pretty quickly. John, play <laughs> of the game. Yeah, I know you're from uh, uh, America's Hat. Or well, he's never done this before. Yeah, Canada, America's Hat. Play of the game? Yeah, play of the game. 
well, the play of the game, uh, I think, was Kaliev along the wall. But, uh, somebody else can say Brant Clark. Uh, but Kaliev really set that whole play up. And uh, so I, I think it's, it's, it's him setting up Clark, who eventually converted to Lazat for the goal. That's Dennis. the play of the game for me. Uh, play of the game was uh, getting the goal call back on the offside. Okay. All right. <laughs> it is a tie and not announcing the first goal. Yeah, which that was. T- I've never. I've been Tom here didn't twenty give me years. The answer I was looking for on that. I've question. never seen that. Yeah, no, I haven't either. Where there was and no, no goal, horn, no, no, yeah. no announcement. No. They what do you need an announcement up? for? You have Phil Deneau who said it was a goal. That's true. There was no music. <laughs> yeah. There was nothing. I've never seen. And that Trevor before. didn't announce. And the it goal for like counted. Ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah. When, when when you said that that was the play of the game, them calling that back. Are you speaking of it from like a momentum perspective? Yeah, from a momentum perspective. That if that goal had counted, yeah, what would that have done to the balance? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right, Dave, play of the game. The the sequence, for, I know you're just all over Kaliev for that play, um, but the whole sequence for me, just the, the confidence that all all of those guys kind of had throughout that, that rush um, carried into the third period for me. So that, that whole sequence of events from battling against the wall to dishing it out to Clark for him, calling it, for him kind of just fake passing, Real passing to Lazat to finish it off. That whole thing, I think that that ultimately changed the tone of the game, and Tampa's backs kind of got up a little bit more than they probably would have. All right, I'm going to go with Kempe's goal then. Uh, although I probably would have gone with Lazat's from Clark, <laughs> but the fact that they did almost score, like Dennis said, and then they came back down on a two-on-one, and Kempe didn't pass, didn't look to pass, just decisively yep. put it in the net. Was that confidence? No deferral. No question, nope. no hesitation. That's what you need from Kevin. Yeah, he was and shooting. That's, what you, and that's what you got. And he was, was shooting from the blue line in. Yeah, and it wasn't mm-hmm. the game-winning goal, but it was, you know, Huge a dagger, goal. for oh, lack of yeah, a better that's word. That's a dagger, right? for sure. John, player of the game. You know, that's a tough one. Um, that's what we do. We ask the tough yeah. questions. <laughs> uh, I think you can go a couple different ways. I- I'm going to say Gabe Velarde, and the reason I'm going to say Gabe Velarde is this. You're coming home off the road trip, and uh, y- y- your head can be messed up. Uh, if you, you know you don't like those last couple of games there on the roadie, and you get Gabe Velarde, who's talked all year long about just living in the moment, controlling the controllables, keeping his head in the right space. Uh, he's he, he's in warmups. He's on the third line, and then RV goes down. He's bumped up to the second line, and, and Gabe doesn't miss a beat, and he goes out and he does yep. his thing. So Gabe Velarde is the player of the game for me. Dennis, uh, that was Velarde's fourth multi-point game. In eight, and it ties him for the lead league. So, when did you look that up? Just now. Okay, <laughs> it's in the game. It's in the post game. Right. Oh, hold on. Perfect. Do you want? Do you want to say Gabe Velarde was your player of the game? Because I'll happily change just to hear you say the words. No, I, he is. He's he's he has four multi point games in eight games. Who's he? Velarde is what? He's the player of the game. He's your player of the game. <laughs> yeah. Can you send me that audio? I would, I'd, I'd like to have that. <laughs> absolutely. I don't know. There's only one guy here that said he was a right wing from the day he was drafted. That was me. So. Okay. Dave, uh, player That's true. of the game. It wasn't a Tootsie. It wasn't Velarde and Ferk like some other people had. Oh, okay. here we go. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's true. Come on. Um, Can't, you got to dish it and take it. Well, there is some magical chemistry between those two guys, but that's a different show. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm – Following up on that, there, there's no question. Gabe Velarde is my player of the game, not just for the fact that he had a goal and an assist, but he was trying to get a lot more. Like he he was really really aggressive tonight. Yeah. I keep using that word, um, but he was he was very potent. Let's try it. Let's try it. Use All right, it that's good. Um, that's good. He was creating. He was creating chances. There there was no. 
it, to me, it, it didn't look like there was a moment where he was hesitating tonight. No. And nope. that, plus the fact that he was able to back it up with a goal and an assist, and, and I think he said he, he almost had an opportunity to get another one. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to add that when you were done there. I, um, I want to go back and listen to the audio because yeah. I think what he said in the scrum was he should have had two, two. more. I thought, yeah. okay, it was I th- two. Okay. I, th- I want to go back and look. Yep. I think that's what he said. Yeah. So I love it, Gabe. I love it. Yeah, the confidence that 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 the, that he was distributing on the ice, um, plus the fact that he backed it up, uh, yeah, with, has to be player of the game. I'll make it unanimous. There you I go. mean, there's the the <laughs> my concern with Gabe is was that we I think Todd mentioned that like once Aliafalo left that line, mm-hmm. suddenly Byfield and Velarde became less uh, impactful. What mm-hmm. was the word? Potent. You used. Potent. potent. Yes. It became less potent. And there was Todd even... said that, or that was his worry. Uh, I think he's implied. I don't even remember that what they he had said. become less potent. Interesting. Uh, I'm potent's my word. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> I, I honestly, I don't remember, so I don't want to put words okay. in Todd's mouth. But there was some conversation about the impact of Iafalo leaving, and I think he said something like Velarde and and Byfield can't disappear. So I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Now I'm making up words, but the gist of it was they can't. Their impact can't change. Based on lineup changes, like they have to absolutely that third line has been right. effective all year, and you don't want to see that third line disappear. Just and he, with he also made the comments mm-hmm. about that second line sharing a brain and playing the same, yep. you know, with right. tenacity yep. and all that stuff. So putting Velarde up onto that second line, I know that everybody in the preseason was like, "Oh, it's preseason. That line looks great." But preseason, whatever. Last right. year we saw mm-hmm. what happened to lines with Velarde on it in the preseason. Right. Once the regular season started, to see the way they skated tonight. Listen, I love. Arvidsson and I have mm-hmm. said for a year now and will continue to say that I think Arvidsson actually is the best playmaker on the team but they looked better tonight with Velarde than they have so far this season with Arvidsson that better is not the right word I, 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 I they, they looked more creative and they moved around more, more creative and more dangerous yes well let, let's let's hold that thought for a second though Arvey's coming off of surgery and there was questions about whether he was I love Victor to, don't get me wrong yeah. I adore Victor Arvidsson and like I said I think he's the best playmaker on the team okay mm-hmm. I'm that, this that, is not disparaging that, Victor no Arvidsson. no no I understand but the line started slow this year the line did look that second line did look better on the road trip. and they looked great and what look again no this that's how much I thought they looked great tonight and yeah. I thought a lot of it was Velarde like he was in between well, the legs but and Phil got the going too guys. Phil didn't absolutely Phil was not well, a couple of games right. ago, yeah, Phil, Phil got going again yeah, he got going. and figured it out, and they need that because you can't have when you when you make a change like that and, and after right after warm up when Todd said right after we realized that there was no way he was going to play, Velarde mm-hmm. was going to play. Uh, excuse me, Arvidsson was going to play, and Velarde was moving up. It, you're you're almost uh, you have no there's no opportunity to second guess anything. You don't have to question, okay, how am I going to perform with these guys? What am I going to have to do to keep up with them or, or anything along those lines? You're just thrown right into it. So right. I, I think that benefited Velarde in this situation. And I think as the game progressed, and the more confidence that, that his line mates saw in him keeping up and surpassing them at certain moments of the game, I think that allowed for that, that, that fluid play that looked like these guys had been playing together for a while. But playing them together in the preseason, I think, also helped. helped. Yeah. And it shows, I think, the confidence that Todd has right now in 13 because he could have put... 91 back up there and i think he mentioned that in the press conference yeah, that yep. hey grunstrom had played up there during the playoffs dennis but, are you going to ask Dooley and jim fox if you're allowed to join team one three is that 
uh, what's up next? Or do I have to get you a T-shirt and a, no, and a badge? No, no, no. Dakota. Not I'm not ordering. Uh, I'm not no. going to, to the LA King store. Right. But Before the reverse retro, reverse 13? Retro. That's pretty nice. <laughs> nah, one, Before no. we wrap this up, John, do you want to uh, do you want a sub player of the game to talk about Jared Anderson Dolan? <laughs> I, I think his you favorite. Do, well, all, look, one of his all-time favorites. Look, here's the, th- the weirdest thing. <laughs> Whenever I talk about a player, then people all of a sudden think that that player is my favorite player. Uh, no, 28 is not my favorite player. Okay, um, he deserves to be in the lineup. He deserves to get minutes. He deserves to play. He he can play at the NHL level. He he has shown at different uh, times with the team that he adds something to the team. Unfortunately, Blake Lazat just took his spot in the lineup, so now he has to convert to being a wing, and you have to figure out when to get him in. And the reason I've been bringing him up uh, over the last couple of weeks is you don't want to leave any player on the sidelines too long, and that's the situation he's been in. And what really surprised me is that he didn't get in on the road trip because Todd said, and I believe in this, Todd said prior to going out of the road, hey, we're going to need to get all the players involved. This is a five-game road trip. This is a longer, it's not an eight-game, but it's a longer road trip. We're going to need to get all the players involved. And when guys started getting uh, you know, some bumps and bruises on the roadie, and when the team wasn't you know, smoking everybody you know, 4-1 every night, well, why not get the kid in there and let's see what he can do. And look, on the bottom six, it's not like anybody in the bottom six uh, other than maybe Velarde is, is lighting the world on fire. So I think you can afford to get 28 in there. He could spell 91 one night. He could spell well, they got him in another night. night. So, yeah, he finally gets in the game. So, yeah, good for Jared Anderson Dolan. Am I expecting him to play 70 games this year? No, absolutely not. But, uh, I, you know, do I want him to sit on the sidelines for 15 games? No, absolutely not. I thought John would he, say he talks, nice I didn't think you'd get mad about it. He talks <laughs> more about Anderson Dolan than Kopitar. So that's 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 the, here's the thing, though. I, I, you know, what, do, never what do you want me to Kopitar. say about Kopitar? What do you want me to say? The guy's know. a just, Hall of Fame just, player. He's won two Stanley Cups. just made a statement. That's Kopi, true. Kopi, He's talking about more than Anderson Dolan. There's oh, more tweets okay. on Anderson Dolan than Kopitar. But you know what? As soon okay. as this show is over, I'm going to go tweet about Jared Anderson oh, Dolan. No one needs another tweet about Kopitar. We know who Kopitar is. We know what he does. We know the importance of this team. You know, he's going up the scale of, with respect to legend like Martin Furk. He's getting oh, yeah. towards the Martin Furk. Well, like he's right, he's favorite. right next. He's right up there with Paul Ledoux right now. So oh, he's Paul Ledoux. Okay. <laughs> if I, you guys, you guys love. I was going to bring that up. You know what's so funny? Is you guys love to bring that up, but then you guys don't bring up the no, Tyler to Foley's you a lot. and all we the other stuff. You. Stop so it. That's fine. I'll take it. Right, no, Stop I'll it. Take if you're going to if you're going to take credit for Tyler to right now, oh my god, am I going to take credit for Tyler? Then I just want to say to you right now, congratulations on correctly predicting that a guy who won an award for being the best right winger in juniors and broke record scoring goals in the juniors would go on to have a successful NHL well, career. Team Canada was get a, a lot of Team Canada, Canada certainly didn't agree with Tyler Toffoli's a prowess. branch you crawled out onto, and you deserve all the credit. <laughs> okay, all right. So, all right. So, <laughs> so I guess it's the same thing here when I've been trying to tell everybody for the last three years that Gabe Velarde is the most skilled prospect that they have and everybody in the world wanted to argue. I'm not going to get any credit now on this on this season when he's well, having a phenomenal have to, year. You're going to have to I was on another thin branch of people arguing with you on that one. Well, but anyway, but, but wait a minute. In all seriousness, for the record, I like John very much. <laughs> okay, <let's, laughs> people think that we don't get along. Let's have do. that conversation at game 80, not game eight. Hey, I don't need to take is a this, victory lap on game. Fair. Is this going to be like hey, you with Kempe last year, where we have to keep checking in with you to make sure he's good? <laughs> you want to know what's funny? No, is earlier today I, I, when no, you guys were asking if he's on Team 13, I wanted to ask. It's not my show. Yeah. I don't want to ask the questions, but I wanted to ask you. So, at what point? What is the what is the uh, the line that he has to cross? Is it's it a great goals? start. Is it whatever. He, he's not, is he a great player? Is that what you're telling me? What I'm it's telling a great you is start. He's the he deserves most all the credit. Prospect no, in the organization. I'm not even talking about that. He's what I'm talking about. Here's <laughs> what I'm talking about. His attitude has changed. Absolutely. His mental makeup has changed Absolutely. over the summer. 
that's what I credit him the most for. Like, not for the points, because I don't know. I don't know. It's a hot start. If I'm going to look, is Caden Allison going to win the, the, the Calder in Minnesota? I don't know. He's got a great start. He's got nine points. Listen, he has the potential. I'm with you. I'm agreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing. I, I don't I care what Gabe Velarde you. does in the next three months. I right. care about what Gabe Velarde does in March. I care about what Gabe Velarde does in April. And I care about how important he is to this team here's, here's come what's the playoffs. Here. That's what I care about. Here's what's happening here. You and I, fans of this team. Dennis likes the team, fan <laughs> of the team, but it's not in his blood like it is with you it's, and me. It's good for business that they're good. I do not sit up there and root right. for anybody. I have friends on the team. Yeah, don't want them to do good. But like, sure. are you, John, are you still in a bad mood when they lose? It depends. If, it depends on how they lose. Okay. Because I don't expect them to win eighty-two games. Sure. So uh, you know there are some nights. Okay. So let me ask you this: Mathematically, they, lose. they can't now. What's that? Well, that's true. Now but they can't. Pittsburgh, for example, <laughs> I wasn't in a bad mood. Pittsburgh, I watched the game and I was like, "This is stupid." Whatever. There are games, games they win like that I'm pissed off. Sure. <laughs> but Washington, were you pissed? Because I was in a bad yes, mood. Yes, I'm okay. pissed because right. I go, I go. This team should have right. won that game. Dennis, were you in a bad point. mood after Washington? No, I'm never in a bad okay. mood. Okay, that's what's happening here with Florida. You and I have irrational emotional investment in him being Absolutely. good. You're emotionally invested in the well, I have I, no I, problem with you guys having part, part of my business. anger though uh, at different times also comes from uh, honestly knowing what the fallout of that is going to be. So it's like, <laughs> oh god, I don't even want to look at my mentions tonight. No, Twitter's wow. going to be a train wreck, you know, that type of thing. Um but no, there absolutely is an emotional investment and much of it comes, you know, from from the prospects of one. It's is why sometimes they can lose a game and a prospect has a great game, and I'm like, okay, yeah. well, I'm okay that they lost is... because they 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 were expected to lose a certain number of games throughout the season. Right, but right. this particular prospect had a great game and he looked great, and stepped you know, it up. adds. It, he stepped up, and now he's a more a part of the team, if you will. And there are other nights when they win, and a guy he goes silent, or three games they won three in a row, and like. A certain right. player is silent, and you go, what's going on? I am going to cut it off there. We've been going 40 minutes. I want you yeah. guys to get home. I want to get home and edit this. Dave, thank you for joining me for the first, I think the first time. Have we had you on before? I don't even remember. M- maybe, maybe once? All right. Well, thank anyway, you. well, either hey, way, thanks. Thanks, thanks for having me. Enjoy your trip back to Canada. Dennis, is always a pleasure. Thank you, Jess. Appreciate the time. John, thank you very much. You're very welcome, Appreciate sir. it. All right. Enjoy that branch.